This podcast is a ministry of Crossroads Community Church in Hatfield, Pennsylvania. And now, the message. Well, this morning, uh, we are continuing a series. And so if today is your first time with us, we're really glad you're here. Uh, we hope that you benefit. Many of us, we've been kind of on a journey studying the book of 1 Corinthians. The title of the series is A Beautiful Mess, because that's what the church in Corinth was. And a lot of churches that we know as well. And so what Paul wrote to this body of believers applies to us in so many special ways. I do want to acknowledge that I know today is Super Bowl Sunday. Okay? I don't know who's playing. I don't care. <laughs> that, me caring ended a long time ago, right? Just, but but I, I do want to suggest, as the video little clip mentioned, that, you know, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, you should probably, you and I should be as excited about church as we are about the Super Bowl. All right. Oh, right, yeah, all right, that's overwhelming there. So <laughs> I just want to make sure that this is clear, however. If I make a really good point today, you do not get to soak me with Gatorade. <laughs> Although, although now you're thinking, why didn't we think it? Anyway, okay. So we're, we're studying uh, this book of 1 Corinthians, and already we've begun to see the problem, and we're going to learn a little something about the solution today. Last week we looked at this passage, 1 Corinthians 3, uh, starting in verse 1. And uh, what we saw was this. Uh, Paul wrote this. Brothers and sisters, I would not address you, or I could not address you as people who live by the Spirit, but as people who are still worldly, merely infants. I gave you milk, not solid food, for you were not ready for it. Indeed, you are still not ready for it, since you are still worldly. Last week, we talked about this idea. Already, Paul has said, you know, there are people who are not believers, natural man. There are people who are believers, spiritual men. But now he introduces a third group of people, carnal Christians. These people who have put their faith in Jesus, and yet they are not acting, thinking, talking, conducting themselves like you would expect a Christ follower to walk. And so we, we were trying to unpack, what does this mean? How does this apply to us? It's interesting that we learn that Paul describes them as being fleshly, not spiritual. So they're kind of given to indulging the, 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 the desires that come naturally rather than those that are spiritually induced. And he calls them babies, underdeveloped. What he says is, you know, the stuff that I shared with you at first, that was fine. You were babies. But I'm still feeding you from a bottle. I'm still feeding you baby food. And that's the problem. Now, we also said last week that, you know, there is a normal kind of a flow in the life of a disciple. A normal flow where you, you're seekers. Maybe some of you are here today and you still haven't put your faith in Christ, but you're intrigued by him. You're attracted by Jesus. We're really glad you're here. And at some point, those of us that were seeking eventually put our faith in Jesus, and we became spiritual infants. And infants should grow into children, and children should go into, grow into young adults. And young adults eventually become kingdom parents, the idea that they actually intentionally reproduce and make more disciples. We'll talk about that another time. But we said that there is kind of a normal flow, and if there is a normal flow, then it's easier to identify when someone isn't following that normal flow. So then we asked the final the question last week. What we said was, what we said was, my clicker doesn't work. Well, in any case, so what we, what we said was that uh, we should probably pause and ask ourselves, gee, where are we in a list like that? Where are you? 
actually, I'm going to ask you that question because I've got some help. If you guys could help, uh, we've got some little surveys here. And so uh, the guys that are going to help, where are you? Great. Here comes Ray. Max is going to help. Steve's going to help. There's a couple. So if every one of you would take one of these, that would be really great. They're right there, Steve. Thank you. So if everybody would take one, and honestly, these guys are going to stay standing because they're going to collect them right back. I want to assure you, there is no place to put a name. Okay? We're not dusting them for, for fingerprints later or anything like that. Totally anonymous. But sometimes I think the exercise is good for us. So if you have something to write with, get it out. If you don't, look for somebody on your row that you can borrow something from. Simply put, here's the process. Here's the questions, right? How would you rate where you are on this spectrum? It's just one checkbox. That's all you got to do. I would not call myself a follower of Jesus. I'm just not there. Okay, no problem. I've trusted Jesus as my Savior, and I'm going to heaven. Yay! But maybe some of you would check off, I want to follow Jesus as his disciple. Okay, great. Another one, I'm being taught the fundamentals of the faith, and I'm learning to be a disciple. Or I'm ready to help someone else become a disciple of Jesus. And lastly, I'm already helping people grow as disciples of Jesus. All I want you to do is check the one off that applies to you most. And then hold it up in the air, and these guys are going to collect them right back. Okay? Don't think about it. Don't sweat it. So check it off and raise it up. Okay? Good, good, good. Come on down, Ray. Grab these here. Some of you are thinking way too much. <laughs> But it does mean you'll be listening now for the rest of this. <laughs> All right, great, thanks. So now, now that you've done that, I'm going to be honest with you. I hate those little things. <laughs> I hate those little things, which is why I did it to you, because I'm sick. No, I hate those little things. You know, to be honest, it, it, my preference would be rather than talk about where I am and where I should be, anything that sounds negative, you know what I would rather do? What I would rather do is hear something about, help me move forward. How do I move forward? What's the next step look like? Don't, you know, because the more I think about the mistakes I've made, the easier it is. That's great. Just hang on to them, guys. Thank you. Um, anybody else got one? Hold it up. Great. Now you want to change your answer? Okay. <laughs> the truth is, I would rather hear about, okay, what can I do to improve? Wherever you are, how can you and I improve as believers? Would that be interesting to you? Yeah. Me too, which is what I want to talk about this morning. Open your Bibles to Romans chapter 6, uh, or we'll project it right up here. Romans 6, starting in verse 4, we read this. We, therefore, were buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. That phrase, live a new life, um, I don't, we don't talk about original languages much because nobody really cares, but the word there, living, I mean, it really is what we would say today, but, but the word, when Paul wrote it, was a word that actually meant walk, which is sometimes if you kind of King James background, you know, walk in newness of life. And we understand the metaphor. It, it, um, walking is a metaphor for how we live our lives. So the NIV is actually perfectly correct to say how we live. But what he's talking about is walking in newness of life, living in a way that mirrors what's true in us spiritually. 
He says it again in Colossians 1. For this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. We continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all the wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives so that you may live a life, walk worthy of the Lord and please him in every way. So what I wanted to review with you is something that's important to us here. We've talked about it several times at Crossroads, and that is what is really involved in each of us individually growing as a disciple. And it might be different than what you've ever heard. You have to learn to walk a certain way. There's a special walk that Christians walk. Kind of like, no, I mean, no, I mean, there is a special walk. It's called the not-not walk. The not-not walk. Let's unpack this quickly. You know, when the Bible talks about how to grow as a Christian, all of the passages talk about connecting with his word, connecting with his spirit, and connecting with other believers. We talked about that several weeks ago, about what are the things that cause you to grow. And we said that it's, it's practical teaching, it's, it's private disciplines being in the word, and it's purposeful relationships, that, that your friends on purpose with people, they're helping you move along. In, their spirit, in your spiritual walk. Well, when you boil all of those passages down, they really come, fall into, there's, there's three really simple commands that address how we can walk that kind of a walk. And the first one is found in Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians 4.30 says this, And do not grieve, and I'm going to say grieve not, because when I first learned this, I was King James, and it's grieve not. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. The first step in this walk is to grieve not. Grieve not the Holy Spirit. Well, what, what exactly grieves the Holy Spirit? Well, I want you to imagine that the Holy Spirit, if you've put your faith in Christ, he lives inside you. He's a power source, okay? I've got this really cool little power pack. Okay? It'll, it'll run my phone for over a week when I'm out on a hike. And, and it, it's great, 11,000 mini microamp things. Somebody will tell me what it is. But anyway, yeah, it's a lot. It's great. When I have that, I just let my phone run day and night. doesn't matter because I know it's going to cover it. The Spirit of God lives in us, and he serves. One of the things he does is he's this source of power. But I want to suggest that it's, it, you don't have to be a scientist to figure out that if you cut off the connection to the power cell, the power does you no good. The Spirit of God can be in you, and yet you can be completely disabled from accessing His power. Some of you are thinking already, aha, uh-huh, that explains a lot. Yep. How is it, what is it that breaks that connection with the Spirit? It's sin. <coughs> oh, wait a minute, I thought Jesus died for my sin. Oh, oh, He did. It's paid for in terms of your eternal destiny, your relationship to God. Instead, I want you to remember that this power cell is actually a person. So how is it that you relate to people who have offended you? People who have done exactly what you ask them not to do, especially your children, right? If, if anything can push you to the limit, it's when you have been so specific. Anybody here, okay, just anybody here have their kids sign a contract once? Okay, yeah, okay, like, you know, 
Isn't that funny how we thought, there you go, they're going to sign because their signatures mean, oh, come on, you know. <laughs> it's maddening when someone swears and promises and then they just don't, they just do what they said. Nope, sorry. How do you feel? Eventually, we go, okay, fine. And what is broken between us is this relationship. Any benefit that I can be to you, mm -mm, I'm keeping it myself because I don't think you understood what you have just done. The Holy Spirit does not leave you as a Christian when you sin. Sometimes, sometimes it feels like that, right? We mess up and we can see the Spirit of God going, ooh, 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 and leave it, right? The Spirit doesn't leave. But he does get offended because you and I know better. And so he says, now, whatever you do, don't do that. And we do it. And he goes, And then we're wondering why he's not talking, why he's not helping. You're like, hey, I could use a little help right here. You don't do what I say. Why would I tell you anything else? Now, when we do that, we're being a little smart-alecky. But what the Spirit is doing is teaching us that it matters what we do. When we sin, we change his relationship with us. Instead of filling us, guiding us, empowering us, you know what he does? Now suddenly, instead of working in us, he has to start working on us. He, he has to kick back into like conviction mode. Uh, hey, hey, right? Pleading. Like, what? Hey, stop, stop, stop. The cure, the cure for grieving the spirit can be summed up in one word. It's confess. 1 John 1, 8 and 9, we read this. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to forgive us of our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. This makes sense if you think about it. When someone has offended you, when someone has hurt your feelings, when somebody has done exactly what they promised they wouldn't do again, When you close your eyes and you imagine this thing getting fixed, what do you imagine them doing first? You probably hope that the first thing that will happen is that they're going to come into you and say, I did that. I'm so sorry. Right? Isn't it a little irritating when they try to act like, oh, oops, oh, well, and, and they just try to act like nothing happened? Well, we'll just move on. Oops, that's, that's awkward. And, and you just kind of get madder and madder, right? Because what, what do we want? It's human nature. It's relationship. You want them to, like, stop. Flag on the field. What was that? And what you expect from them is just a simple... What I'm saying is, I messed up right there. That explains the look on your face right there. Now, most of us don't expect this person to grovel. Groveling might be nice, but, but you know, for the most part, when it's somebody we love, we're not trying to humiliate them. We're not trying to punt, but we just want to make sure, can you please call it like it is? By the way, do you know that that's what that word means? Confess? Call it the way God sees it. Call a foul a foul. So, you know, if, 
some of you know, you know, some of you are really healthy. And uh, you can tell that I'm really healthy. And, and so I, I guess, I guess a, a simple illustration would be if I've decided that I'm going to get healthy. And suddenly I'm walking along and I see this beautiful sour cream donut. <laughs> and so our Christian, this is what, the, what happens in our spiritual life. We take a bite. Oh my goodness, that's so good. And the Spirit of God, I really didn't think about how hard it is to talk with a donut in your mouth. And the Spirit of God is standing here going, what was that? What was what? What do you mean? What? What? Don't... Donut. Donut. Are you kidding me? We talked about this. No donuts. (laughs) Right? As long as we do that, the power's snipped off. It's cut off. You're done. He's like, I got nothing. Well, it's just just one little bite. He says, you're not going to stop with one bite. Yeah, actually, you're right. (laughs) Okay, there is nothing you can do about that, ladies and gentlemen. There's no way to put that back. There's only one thing to be done. <laughs> oh, God, please help these people. Deliver them from... <laughs> finish it, that's right. <laughs> Let your spouse finish it. <laughs> as long as they're the one gaining the weight, who cares? Um, you know, there's no way to put that thing back. The only thing you can do is say... Sorry, I promised I wasn't going to, and it's there. Just, <sighs> and it would be right. The spirit would say, "So, are you on this diet or not?" I, I am. I am. I am. I am. Okay. And then he can move on. But when we sin, we break that relationship. We offend him, and we cut off the power. The one word cure for that is to confess. There's a number of passages that talk about that, but we'll look at one more. John 13, 10, he says, And Jesus answered, Those who have have had a bath need only to wash their feet. Their whole body is clean. You are clean, though not all of you. What he's saying is, even in some of his earliest teaching about how to keep a relationship, he's saying, you've you've been washed in in a ceremonial sense, but your feet keep getting dirty. That's where some cleaning needs to happen, and it needs to happen all the time. In fact, to be successful, what you find out is, you know, there was a time when I would, I would catch this about halfway through. Or maybe, first you catch it because there's just crumbs on the table. Sorry. And then next time there, you're eating the donut again. And it, the, the enemy will say, see, you never learn. But, but wait, I got convicted like halfway through. This is actually technically an improvement. And it's like, what are you doing? I'm s- Man, I have got no willpower. And the next time I do it, there's only a, a quarter of the donut gone. And this time, there's just one bite. Guess what? There really is progress. But this, this, the response is still the same. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Don't grieve the Holy Spirit by sinning. And when you do sin, you fix it by confessing. Now, some of you are thinking already, okay, see, here's the problem. Because if I do this, I'm going to be confessing 24-7 nonstop. Yep, 
which means you're talking to Jesus 24-7 nonstop. Not so bad. And believe it or not, something does happen. When you keep confessing the same thing again and again and again, eventually you will say, enough already, what do I have to do? And by the way, the Spirit of God will prompt you to memorize Scripture and to get some friends in your lives that are going to hold you accountable. Okay? They have donut-sniffing dogs. <laughs> they can search your property. Okay? Whatever it takes. Secondly, we've got grieve not. The second command is quench not. 1 Thessalonians 5, it says, don't quench the Holy Spirit. Now, what does it mean to quench the Holy Spirit? Sorry. I guess uh, we know that sin breaks a little relationship. So I'm going to tell you that sin also quenches the Spirit. But you say, but wait a minute. Sin grieves the Holy Spirit. And if I confess it, then there's not a problem. You're right. Let me ask you something. What happens if you sin but you don't confess it? Again, you're, you're here and you, you got your donut. <clears throat> and as I'm going along now... <clears throat> Boy, I, I, that was really good. And I see another donut, and I'm about to take another bite. And, and you hear it again. Excuse me? But this time, what? Yeah, I'm sick of all going back and forth and back and forth. I'm just, I'm just sick of it. And you just, just I'm, you know what? I'm just, and now what happens? You see, confessing it as sin will take care of the problem. But if I refuse to confess, why would a person refuse to confess? Because first of all, I'm embarrassed. I'm sick of failing. And the enemy is inside going, see, you're not cut out for this. You can't do this. You give in every time. And so what happens is that we don't confess. Confession would cure it. But if we refuse to confess, then we're resisting the Spirit's convicting ministry. The only thing scarier than a person who has made a promise and keeps getting warned and then stumbles is the person who no longer even sees the warnings. That's what it means to quench the Spirit. You know, it's really hard to confess sin when you're planning to sin. And when you're planning to sin, it's easy to resist His convicting. It's easy to say, okay, here we go. I knew this was coming, but honestly, I've been watching that donut all day. And so I kind of, as I got, I knew that as soon as I got to it, I could just, and before, you, you know what? I knew I could probably stuff that whole thing down my gullet before I was convicted, and then I have to confess, but at least I will have eaten it. And the Spirit says, who are you fooling? It's one thing to sin and confess. It's another thing to plan to sin. Do you want me just to be quiet? You want me to be quiet, I'll be quiet. If me pointing these things out to you is crimping your style, Mike, okay, you're on your own. I just want you to think about this progression. Before there can be revival in our lives, there has to be repentance. But before there can be repentance, there has to be confession. Before there can be confession, there has to be some kind of conviction Conviction is the work of the Holy Spirit. And when we resist Him, we stop that convicting work. Do you realize that it's one thing when we stumble into a sin, 
But when we have been doing it long enough, where you can almost quote to me the words of conviction you're going to hear when you do it, then we're resisting his convicting spirit. And guess what? He will stop talking. Maybe some of you are there even today. It's terrifying to imagine, but actually, you're kind of comfortable with your Christian life. You know you're not doing it right, but actually, frankly, you've kind of gotten used to it. It's okay. Nobody else is talking to you about it, and the Spirit just leaves you alone. In Deuteronomy 1, there's this passage, and we won't take time to read it, but maybe you want to mark it down in your notes and go back and read it. But the Lord is talking to Israel. He says, let me make this clear. Let me get this straight. I've taken you from Egypt. I've delivered you. I guided you for 40 years through the desert, a pillar of fire, a pillar of smoke. I provided everything you need. Now we get to the promised land, and you see that it is exactly what I said. It's flowing with milk and honey, and it's beautiful, and it's wonderful. But, but you say, oh, there's giants there, and I don't know if God can help us. And now you're grumbling and saying, you, you brought us out here to die. What he says is, Why did I lead you in the first place if you had no intention of following me? I gave you a command. I showed you that I could do this, and still you resisted me. They said no to God's plan for their future. They resisted God. They quenched the Spirit. The cure to resisting the Spirit is this word yield. Yielding. I will do it your way. It's one thing to walk across a donut or near a donut and you take a bite and you go, oops, I'm sorry. But now as it's coming, right? So I'm walking along and I see the donut. And now what am I hearing? Oh, uh, hey, 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 hey. Remember how lousy you felt last time? Yeah. Hey, hey. Is this really what you want to do? You remember this starts at bracket zero. Remember how you were just thinking, what's wrong with me? Why can't I get my spiritual life? Why do other people seem to be okay? I'm a mess. Why are they like, wait, 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 wait. Do you really want to go there for this? And now I have a choice. But you see, it's not the same choice as here. Because now it's more than just, oops. There's no oops. If I... Take this now. What I'm saying is, would you please be quiet? Because I'm going to eat what I'm going to eat. Later, I want to say, oh, please work in me. The cure for quenching the spirit is to yield. Now, the best thing I could do right now is say, okay, I hate this diet. Now, you know what? All of you, some of you, churchy people, you're thinking, oh, well, that's just, that's not the attitude to have. (laughs) You were. You were. You were like, oh, that's not right. It's a lot right. It's more right than what I was thinking about doing. You catch that? Because the enemy will get in your head and say, well, look, if you can't, if you can't pass this up for the right reason, then it's, it makes no sense. Just go ahead. What? Wait. I cannot eat this donut with the worst attitude in the world. Or I could not eat this donut with a great attitude. But at the end of the day, the question is, did I eat the donut or not? 
do you realize that I think the Spirit of God would be just fine if you passed on this for all the wrong reasons? <sighs> I'm so tired of you bugging me about this. In fact, guess what happens? You, say, you know what? Every time we get to a donut, that's what I hear. And I'm, I, I, there's nothing wrong with a donut once in a while. And, and, and after you've had this conversation, you realize, what, wait, they took the donuts away. Rats. Wait a minute. You know, now that that donut's not staring me in the face. Thanks. I didn't do that very well. But thanks. I want you to pay attention to the word offer because the word offer is the word yield. Do not offer any part of yourself to sin as an instrument of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God as those who have been bought from brought from death to life and offer every part of yourself to him as an instrument of righteousness. I am using an example, verse 19, from everyday life because your human limitations, just as you used to offer yourselves as slaves to impurity, and to ever-increasing wickedness. So now offer yourselves as slaves to righteousness, leading to holiness. Many of us know Romans 12. If you don't, this is a passage to memorize. Write it in the front of your Bible. Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. It's your true and proper worship. Quench not. We quench the spirit when we start resisting. We know what he's going to do already. And we're already like trying to figure out how to get around it. Don't do that. The cure is to yield. So the not not walk. Grieve not. Quench not. But with two negatives, there's got to be something positive to do. And that's where we're going to end today. Walk. Hence the not not walk. Grieve not, quench not, but walk by the Spirit. Galatians 5.16, he says, So I say, walk by the Spirit, live by, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Wouldn't it be great to have a single technique that would ensure that you and I don't live sinfully? That would be awesome. Special little bat belt, something, an app on your phone, right? If they made a spiritual Fitbit, you know, that went... <laughs> That went off every time. Like, boy, we'd sign up. In a sense, what, we're, what the scripture is saying here is that there is a way to do that. There is a way to do that. And it's to actually walk by the Spirit. Walking is this process of living each day. Your normal tasks, normal decisions, normal challenges. It's not a single act. It's the ongoing process. Actually, the... the the original, it kind of says, by means of the Spirit, walk. Something guides you and I when we live our daily lives. Something guides you. Some frame of mind. What he's saying is, let the Spirit be that frame of mind. Live your daily life with a specific relationship to the Holy Spirit. What's that, spirit, that relationship like? Well, think about it. If he is not presently grieved by sin, not because you haven't sinned, but because you are quick on the confess gun. Whoop, ah. And I know you're going to feel fake. I just can't keep confessing everything all the time. Sure you can. Yeah, you can. Again, think about somebody who was working for you and they kept making mistakes. But if every time they made a mistake, they're like, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm so sorry. Right? You, you would, 
you would skip to the next thing, which is how do we get this to not happen so much? Which is, by the way, yielding. That's the next step. Don't grieve, don't quench. So keep listening to me. Okay, I know you messed up. I know you messed up again. I know you messed up again. Okay, listen, listen to me, listen to me. Look at me, look at me. Next time, and whatever that instruction is next, how many times have you struggled with a sin and the first step to getting victory was a physical look away, walk away, zip your lip, close your eyes, give it away, put your hands in your pockets. Sometimes the beginning of the cure is so simple. We want to make it all spiritual. Well, I should do the right thing for the right reason. Would you just put your hands in your pockets and zip your lip? This week, I was faced with a couple opportunities when I wanted to tell somebody what I thought. And I was right. I was entitled to feel what I felt. And I wanted to let them have it. And the spirit just said, mm, 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 mm. And so, with my wife's help, I zipped my lip. I would like to tell you that I triumphed over that sin, and in my heart, I no longer wanted to let them have it. I almost popped. The Lord will work with my heart later. Step one was, just zip your lip. So I zip my lip, and then later you walk away, and you're like, that was hard. What is, why do I, I want to blow up? And it, but actually, I see you already fixing that. So I see why you want me to shut up. That's, hmm, okay. It starts small. Don't, don't look down on the small things. Forward me, Steve. So we don't grieve the spirit. Okay? We're not grieving the spirit. We're kind of keeping that clean. Now we're, start of, we're kind of aware of the fact that he's going to coach me even as I approach these donuts. So, like, oh, I'm sorry, I took a bite. Like, oh, here's a whole other donut. I'm like, I don't want to, ah, I, I don't want to eat this. I know I shouldn't. And he says, well, try something else. <laughs> You're kidding me, right? Many of you already know this, okay? One of these things is not like the other. <laughs> no one is going to confuse this green bean with this donut. But if I am serious about yielding, what I might learn is munching on something is better than munching on nothing. And so I might fill my mouth with something. To be honest, I don't enjoy this as much. <laughs> but I don't hate it as much as that either. Can you please take away the donut cravings? Please make me allergic to donuts. <laughs> he says, not in your life, Mike. Do you realize how much you've been talking to me about this donut green bean thing? I wouldn't trade that for the world. It's pretty obvious, isn't it, Mike? If you and I talk about this, this is where you can end up. I don't like being here. 
He says, you don't like talking to me? Oh, that's not what I meant. Have I not been walking you through this whole thing? Actually, you have been. Actually, right about now, this still does not taste like a donut. But I don't want that donut as much as, oh, my goodness. And he says, I don't want that donut as much as I did a minute ago. You can, you can deliver me. Do you see where it happened? It happened when I yielded, and then I walk by the Spirit, one little decision at a time. And you pick it up when you don't really want it. And you put it in because that's what he said. Before you know it, that sin doesn't feel quite so powerful. Ephesians 3.12. And in him, through faith in him, we may approach God with freedom and confidence. Do you realize how this changes your walk with God? Dear friends, if our hearts don't condemn us, then we have confidence before God. Let us then approach God's throne, with grace, uh, throne of grace with confidence so that we may have, receive mercy and find grace to help us in time of need. This is the confidence that we have in approaching God. If we ask anything according to his name, do you know that that happens right about here? All of a sudden you get to the end of the day and you say, I had some serious donut issues today. <laughs> but they did not get through my lips. And anybody who knows you says, you're kidding. Not one? Not one. I wasn't a happy camper. Do we have any more green beans? <laughs> and if you do that two days in a row, three days in a row, four days in a row, God walks with you. You have confidence in him. Ephesians 5 says this is what it looks like. He says, don't get drunk with wine. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Get drunk with the Spirit. When we are drunk, we are simply yielding control and inhibitions to something else. We don't become the completely different people, generally. Walking by the Spirit means allowing Him to animate your thoughts and your behavior. You can't do that if you're sinning. Confess it. You can't do it if you're planning to sin, refusing to respond. So yield. But when you're confessing and yielding, then you can take each day, each decision, one at a time. Be filled. Good illustration. If I tell you to be loved, each of you, be loved. Sounds nice, doesn't it? And all of us say, I'd like to be loved. But just saying that does nothing. In order for you to be loved, you have to have someone who wants to love you. Oh, but wait, there is someone. The Spirit of God wants to fill your life. Jesus loves you. But in order for you to be loved, you have to have somebody who loves you, and then you must open up to them. In junior high, there were a couple of people that I, I was ready to love, but they, they did not open up to me. Their loss. To be loved, you must accept the love. Being drunk with the Spirit, being filled with the Spirit, means we must yield to that. 
Let him fill us. We have to be open. The goal of this walking by the Spirit is to be influenced. Let them, let him impact what we're thinking. The goal of a believer is to be fillable. Empty the garbage and keep listening to him step by step. Listen to how this is kind of drawn up by Paul when he writes in Romans 8. I want you to hear the victory with a different set of eyes, different set of ears, knowing that we just showed how how actually kind of simple it is. Little tiny steps of obedience. There is, therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. You can eat the donut. You can plan to eat the donuts. But you do not have to. For what the law was powerless to do because it was weakened by the flesh, God did by sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh to be a sin offering, and so He condemned sin in the flesh. In order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fully met in us who do not live according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on the flesh, what it desires. Can you spot that up here? Sure. And the sad thing is some of you, even after today, you're going to say, you know what, I don't think I pulled that off. I'm just going to go back. And you're just going to go back. Okay. Best of luck to you. Later you're going to come and say, well, I just feel like God is nowhere. Like, I just, like he just never... If I were him, I would too. Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. But those who live according to the Spirit have set their minds on what the Spirit desires. Have you paused recently and asked yourself, God, what do you want from me? Oh, wait. When we say that, we mean, what do you want with my life? Oh, please. Could we just worry about lunch? Could we just worry about Super Bowl? I mean, I know you, you really enjoy your little party, but... You know, I, I would encourage you to invite somebody that you don't like to your party. Like, oh, come on, God, do not mess with my Super Bowl party. <laughs> Simply asked, is there sin? Of course there is. Confess it quicker. Are you planning to sin? Are you resisting him? Yield to him. Okay, okay, wait, wait, wait. What was your plan again? And then every day, walk by the Spirit. Little things, little things. And let Him build a life that is built on what the Spirit desires. There's only one way to live the way Jesus wants us to live. It's to walk a certain way. It's the not-not walk. Let's pray. Head bowed and eyes closed. I want to just give you a second. In just a moment, we're going to come to the Lord's table, and it's a chance for us to realize what Jesus gave so that we could be where we are. If you're here today and you've never trusted Jesus as your Savior, I want to encourage you, today would be the perfect day to realize that He loves you and that even though sin was separating you from Him, He made the payment for sin. He offers eternal life. 
It's yours for the taking. Most of us here today, though, however, are believers. Where are you in this development as a disciple? Chances are that one of the things that's getting in the way is this simple little personal walk. I do not expect that after today we won't have any more sin problems. What he wants is to walk with you and make a little progress each day. Confess that sin. Yield to his leading. Take it one day at a time. That's the not-not walk. And how would that change your life? How would that change the trajectory of the people around you? How would that change the trajectory of your church, your small group, your ministry? How would that change the, direct, the trajectory of your nation if God's people would learn to walk in God's power? Lord Jesus, as we come to the Lord's table now, I ask that you would speak to us as we try to bring back to mind a vivid remembrance of your suffering. To be reminded again that there was nothing that you were unwilling to give. You gave it all. And that the power of God raised you from the dead. And now you are living. You sent the Spirit working in us. Even as we talk about these things, we feel the conviction stirring in our hearts Jesus, forgive us for sinning. Cleanse us from those things. Change our desires and teach us to walk with you day by day. We ask it in your name because your name is the source of all power. Amen. Thanks for listening. Intro music by bensound.com. Visit us online at crossroads-cc.org.